welcome to another edition of the Stadium Journey podcast. If you want to get the full Stadium Journey experience, visit our website, stadiumjourney.com, and connect with us on all of our social media channels. You can find us at Stadium Journey. And if you're looking for audio versions of this podcast to listen to, maybe, you know, maybe you're driving, need something to listen to, we are a wonderful alternative. Just search HIAC Talk Radio Network on whatever your favorite place is to find podcasts. You'll find us. And if you're looking for a video simulcast, we don't recommend that if you're in your car, but you can find those on Stadium Journey's YouTube page. And our classic back catalog can still be found at vocnation.com. And remember, some of you are there now in our Twitch room. We appreciate you. But if you're looking to be live in our studio audience, every other Tuesday night, 7 Eastern now, not 8, 7, Dan Law TV, DanLaw.TV. And we got the whole crew here tonight. Dave Cotney's here. Follow him at ProFan9. Mark Viquez can be found at Ballpark Hunter. And the other guy, Dan Calachico, is here. You can find him, follow him, find him, do both. Don't Dan find me, just follow. Don't find me. <laughs> and I'm Paul Baker. You can follow me at RI. And tonight we are happy to be joined by old friend. I just mean old that he's been with us pretty much from day one of the podcast. Uh, Andrew Bows, who continues to plug along. On his quest to visit all, I know I'm going to get the number wrong, 128 FBS stadiums. Almost there, 130, and they keep extending my finish line. I'm telling you, there are more coming. And uh, so, you know, it's all good, though. I'm going to cross that, baby. Hopefully. And yeah, and you've been kind enough to take us along for the ride now for four or five years. So welcome back to the show. Well, the invitation is always one that I'm excited to get. I love being with you guys. Thank you. That was a badly timed drink right there. Um, so so what, what's new, Andrew, since last time you were here? Actually, it's been two years because none of us saw any games in person last year. Well, we did have that pandemic episode in, the, in 2020, that which... Pesky, pesky little pandemic. That, there, was a, there was a lot of stalling going on there. I was just sad. I think everyone was just sad that day. <laughs> I know. Oh, my goodness. I mean, what stadium did you imagine going to? Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but though this year has been great, it's been great to get back. And I was a little nervous because I scheduled my, uh, my stadiums thinking that anything could shut down at any time. So I didn't go crazy, but you know, I, I made it so I could pull back at any time if I needed to, you know, uh, pull a flight or pull some tickets. I just, I tried to be as cautious as I could, but you know, everything's been pretty smooth. Everything's felt pretty normal. I don't know if this is necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, but um, so far so good. And um, yeah, just just hit Stadium 89 of the 130. Um, and uh, by the end of the season, it will be uh, projected to be 92. So um, been fantastic trip and taking my time with with the places I'm going to and really enjoying it. I'm catching I'm right behind you. I'm at four. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so uh, on your website here. Says yeah, what is your website? Right off the bat, we didn't even introduce your website. Oh, that's all right. Hey, Sorry, <laughs> no, it's all good. So Andrew Baus, that's me, collegefootballtour.com. And uh, on that website, you can find, uh, it's, it's very, you know, it's easy to navigate. You, you can search your team, see the times I've seen your team, um, read my articles about the games I've seen your team at, and also read about the, the stadium experience um, uh, for your team. Okay. So uh, on the website, collegefootballtour.com, uh, 2021 schedule, August 28th. 2021 Nebraska at Illinois. I'm guessing that that was the first game in a long time for you. Yes. What what was that what was that like for you? I was honestly nervous that anything I know it sounds a little bit paranoid but I was nervous that anything could just kind of shut down at any time. So going right up to that game, I was ready. I mean, they had already moved that game from uh Dublin that game was supposed to be played in Dublin and they moved it to Champaign. So that was my first thought of, uh Oh, this could be the first step towards, you know, who knows what, but um, I was so pleasantly surprised. I was fortunate to work the sidelines for that game. And, um, and I was pleasantly surprised by about a 70, 75% capacity. 
The student section was filled to the max. Um, they were super excited uh, because Brett Bielema um, just took the reins over at Illinois and they're very excited about the regime change there. Um, I guess that I guess the power of sports coming back was stronger than than the pandemic at the moment. And I think that trend has continued as I've been moving along throughout the season. Um, and the game was phenomenal. Illinois, and I'm putting this in air quotes, upset Nebraska because by now it's like whew, both teams are kind of toileting a little bit. But honestly, like it was it was an exciting atmosphere and went beyond what I expected. There was masks in the press box and masks masks in the um in the press room afterwards and all that but pretty much everyone everything seemed normal now uh, i'm i think i'm right in assuming that illinois is is old hat for you it's not it's not a new spot or anything like that right not at all not at all no illinois wisconsin and northwestern are like old homes to me um and uh, particularly Wisconsin. And Illinois is a gorgeous stadium. If you get down there and get a chance to, it's one of those underrated places. Um, I think one of the, yes, one of my favorite, one of my favorite aspects of Illinois stadium are the 200 columns that line either side of it. And it's special because they bear the names of um, those Illini who lost their lives in world war II. And it really, it's something you can walk through um, and it feels like it's not even part of the stadium, but it is. It just there's this peacefulness to it, um, history to it. Um, it's it's beautiful. And these are the things that people don't know about these stadiums and these locations that are really special and um kind of the kind of stuff I highlight on my website. So the next week you head uh to the land of Paul Bakerness <laughs> and you hit you hit Boston College, which is really your first trip, trip, right? Like first new spot. Um, and and I, I think you're well past, you know, new spots being around around the corner a couple hours <laughs> drive. I mean, they're they're all big trips for you now. So how how was that that first big trip feeling versus, you know, a going back to uh, uh, one of your three homes and uh, nervousness, any, you know, or was it just like, we're just rolling back. It's we're back on the, on the bike. It's, it's, it's like we never got off. Well, that was one of my first flights. Um, first time getting on a plane really since the pandemic, I, a couple of times before, but you know um, so that was just, just kind of getting back in that routine was one piece, but I'll tell you what Boston College had in place, which was so interesting. And I, I don't think I'll ever see, I, will we ever see this again in our lifetimes? I don't know. But they required vaccination card to get in that day. I don't know if they're doing that now anymore, but on that opening game uh, uh, against Colgate, um, they were requiring that. And that made me think at once that it was going to be a pretty empty crowd. But again, and Boston College, you know, is hit or miss sometimes with their attendance. And I know that. But I would say that I was really impressed with the turnout and, um, again, kind of blown away by uh, how much more college football and the experience of getting back to some normalcy was going to be achieved regardless of whatever obstacle was in the way. Um, And they had a great day. It was just a wonderful day at Boston College. Incidentally, one of the coolest things about Alumni Stadium is the fact that the football stadium and the basketball arena, which I believe is called Conti Forum, is they share a wall uh, in a sense. Um, but it, basically, you can walk from basketball hockey slash arena right into the football stadium. I actually have a cool video on my Twitter that 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 has me walking through it. I, and that just kind of that was really cool. That, that's building a community for your uh, for your team. Really neat. I don't know. That I might have been heard Dave, that. I'm sorry. I may have that heard might have that been Dave's favorite, favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I that, I thought that was really that was really cool too. I liked just being able to go and then you get access to the Hall of Fame and you get to look at look at all the banners and whatnot. And you know why if you're a if you're a, a hockey school like like Boston College, why not give everybody the act opportunity to see really what you're shining for? I mean, 
they've had some football success. They've had some basketball infamy. Um, <laughs> love that 30 for 30, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that was an excellent one. The one with Henry Hill and everything. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty funky. Um, but yeah, why not? Why not show off that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of places will have all of them like on the campus or like, you know, adjacent to each other, but not quite sharing so that during the football game, if it's going one way or another, Hey, I'm just going to step inside the basketball. Arena. I thought that was really cool. And I must admit, I didn't realize how intensely strong of a hockey town Boston was. I mean, I knew it was, don't get me wrong, but I didn't realize that it really was sort of like the top sport. Am I wrong? Yeah, Detroit's about not hockey town. We're a hockey town. That's what I, that, that's the <laughs> Don't thing. get them started about hockey okay. town. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But hey, I mean, I, I met with a, some great Boston College folks who were so into talking to me about the BC Northeastern, um, help me out here, Harvard and. Talk about the bean pot. That's it. If you want to come to a college sporting event in Boston, it's the bean pot. Thank you. I, I didn't want to mess it up. So I'm glad you picked up my mess. Um, and I, that makes me want to come back and see that and really um, embrace that event. Because I, I mean, again, you're building anything that builds communities. I'm all about it. That's cool. Um, yeah. If you're a, if you're a hockey guy, read, uh, read up about the 1978 bean pot that happened during a blizzard. Great stories. Okay. Nice. They filled the old Boston Garden during a blizzard. Wow. Some people got to stay there for a while. Oh, no. <laughs> Great stories. I'm making a note of that right now. 1978? Yep. I think it was 78. Could got be it. off by a year or two, but yeah. It was Paul Baker great. was there. No. <laughs> no, I didn't do my first bean pot until I worked for Stadium Journey. And now I, I'm there every year. So one of my favorite days of the calendar. Well, two, two Mondays of the calendar. It's really cool. Yeah. Got a lot of noise, a lot of noise about that. And um, yeah, I mean, it's funny I, that you're at a football game. They're talking about, Hey, Hey, hockey, <laughs> not to mention the opening game of the season, you know, and that's, that's what first, I, first, first game with fans in two years. I know. And it's, hey, and, we got a good hockey team. I'm telling you, <laughs> um, but I was really, imp- I was really impressed with uh, alumni stadium and that's, it's, it's a classic college venue. And one of those places that um, I think does it right. So no. you kind of got the like a smattering of new spots this year. I mean, you've got the big, the big, big, you've got a few, what I would say, mediums. You got a few smallish. You got some new, you got some old. Uh, let me see if I got this right. So, they're all big, Dave. They're all big. They're, they're all, all big. Important. When you're this close to the finish line, they are all big. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You got to go along with Boston College. You got uh, some Temple. You got TCU. You got Georgia, mm. and a brand new UAB. Yeah. Well, I you know I'm gonna I'm gonna continue our listeners along the road that I was journeying. So let's move on to Temple, shall we? Um, Temple, uh, Philadelphia. Um, and Dan hates Philadelphia. Oh my gosh. Uh, Okay, so I'll make it quick. Um, What's wrong with you? Why would you say that? Dave is just... I just, I just want to see if you're awake today. today. <laughs> Dave. Dave is pushing the buttons. Uh, yeah. It's being back at school. Oh, God, rubbing, I hate The kids you. are rubbing off on me. Go home. <laughs> I am home. Stay home. Don't go back to school. Damn. All right, guys. Eyes on the ball. Back to me. All Sorry, right, Philadelphia. <laughs> anyway, Temple. <laughs> All right, so no, um, actually, one of the things I really liked about um, we went to a Phillies game on a Thursday night against the Cubs. Um, so I hadn't been Sorry. there. Nah, hey, the Cubs went up seven. The Cubs went up seven nothing, and then the yeah. Phillies looking to eight. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Um, but uh, so, so saw Citizens Bank Park. Really thought it was cool that all of that's right in that area. Um, I know that's not news to any of you guys, but uh, it was really cool. And then, of course, then we went to the link a couple days later to see Temple. That's disappointing. And I will always say this. Always got to have a college stadium on or near campus. If you're trying to do it in a pro stadium, even if it fills, it's just not the same. You know, Heinz Field goes through the same thing. 
you're busing your kids in, you're busing the fans in, it just disconnects things. And having been everywhere else uh, this season um, that I've been to, and just everywhere else in general, I mean, Miami goes to the same thing. It's 30 freaking minutes away. It's so, it's just terrible. Like it just, it disrupts the whole thing. Anyway, um, you know, I guess for Temple, it was a decent crowd, but um, you know, I mean, it just, it just, you can just, you can just imagine what it'd be on campus. I also know that North Philly isn't the like safest area on the planet, but it'd be great if it'd be great if they could figure a way to, I don't know, bring, bring the community of, of Temple football a little bit more close than just Lincoln, Lincoln, Lincoln financial. Yeah. Did Temple ever play on campus? Because there's not a whole lot of room there in North Philly. I've been yeah. around the Temple campus. I don't have the exact year. Um, I'd have to go onto my website. But yes, long time ago, 60s or 70s, I'd have to look at it. But there was. It, so, it, yeah, we're talking 50 years. Now, my, 40, 50 my, dad, my, my dad actually grew up and was raised uh, right on the street, right next to where the Lee Course Center is now. Um like the actual building and said at that one time it was right there where, where they played. I can't remember exactly where, but this was, he was born in the, he was born in 54. So that gives you an idea how long ago that was. Yeah. Um, it, uh, I can, I'm trying to look it up, but um, point being, yes, they did. At one point. I know that. Um, 70, 78. They moved. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Was Thank you. Um, so yeah, no, um, it just, it just, you know, I, I think they actually started playing in the baseball field first too. I think. Shy, shy park perhaps. Any which way point being is that they, I think it disrupts everything. So, um, but yeah, from there you talk about a big shift of UAB and Birmingham is a cool little town. Yes, Birmingham's nice. There, that's a surprisingly cool little town. As Is one it still of, construction, a lot of construction going on. Yeah, I would say it's. I would say it's. I mean, yes, I've been. I've driven through there a few times trying to get to other stadiums and mm-hmm. stop. It's not as bad as it was, and maybe most of the construction was for UAB Stadium. Mm-hmm. But um, honestly, like this place is really cool. It's not quite exactly on campus. But it's replacing the old decaying Legion field mm-hmm. that had been um, home for the Blazers for quite some time. You know, UAB dropped their program, then reignited it, and suddenly have this gorgeous stadium. It's in the uptown neighborhood of Birmingham, which is a totally trendy, cool area. Um, and I think one of the coolest aspects of this place is that all the concessions, it's Birmingham is such a foodie town, all the concessions are restaurants in the town. No, and I love that. I know that isn't also a groundbreaking thing, but like for- Dreamland, do they have Dreamland barbecue? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I was I, I was a few drinks in, so whatever yeah. was going in was like soaking up the alcohol prior to. So I just noticed some logos here and there, and most of it blurred. But the truth of the matter is, um, UAB was. It's a. We were there for the second game, ever, and ever. it was a protective stadium. Is is a huge asset to the town and to UAB. It's a great place to go. Now, when you go to these stadiums like Birmingham, I assume you were there overnight. Did you drive from Chicago and drive back or did you fly? No, I fly. How does that... Okay, you fly. Yeah, when I started this whole journey, I uh, I exhausted everything I could within a, I don't know, eight-hour driving radius. Yes. And that's no longer really available to me anymore outside of places I like to revisit. But listen, I... I really, and this is probably the most important thing I'll say. I really love to spend time at the place that I'm at. I don't, I don't go from kickoff to closing. I want to be there from the morning. I like to get there as early as possible. Really try to be prepared for all the traditions and everything that makes game day special there. If I can get there the night before or stay a day after to kind of really soak up the town, I will. And um, that's why this has taken me a long time. I mean, I, I don't want to rush it. Well, really- I'm starting to interrupt. And I agree with you because when I do my ballpark trips, like Birmingham, the first time I was there, I was there for overnight and I had to get to Montgomery the next day to see a minor league ball, uh, Riverwalk Stadium. And I'm thinking, I wish I had another day 
in uh, Birmingham because there was there was a lot more to see than I had expected. And then I talked to fellow ballpark travelers and you got guys driving eight hours to a ballpark in the middle of Illinois and then hopping back in their car and going back home. And then doing that over and over again. And, you know, there was a time where I didn't mind driving at night or just being there for a few days. But you're right. I want to be there in that city, especially a major city like Birmingham, and just soak up everything. So I don't go home and find out, man, I missed that. I would have loved to have seen it. So but how hard is that? Like how many what's the average amount of time do you stay in a in a college town or have you been to a college town that you said, I can't wait to get the heck out of here. <laughs> oh, let <boy>. me leave. <laughs> um, well, you know, I mean, I probably I mean, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say because a place like um, a place like Philadelphia, I mean, we spent yeah, like there's a major city doing, you know, we went to Independence Hall and we did all that. We barely even went to camp. You know what I mean? Like we really enjoyed the game day. And all of that. Um, yeah, there's some places where it's not that I want to run out of there. It's just I run out of things to do. Okay. Um, there are places that the town isn't isn't as dynamic. And, and you know, a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, a tradition of losing or a tradition of being a basketball school or whatever it might be. Um, so there are some places like that. Um, but, you know, for the most part, like, especially if you're going to go to a place like Birmingham, which is such a surprise. There's a lot of the Uber, a lot of the Uber drivers I, that, that I had there said it's Atlanta without the traffic. Um, I, I, I feel like it's worth spending the time, especially if they build us yeah. right in the middle of town, not even really on campus. That's probably one of the few on campus, sorry, off campus stadiums I've been to that really felt like it was on campus. Now, what was that near the uh, Regents Field where the uh, minor league Barons play, or is that another area of town? Uh, I if you remember, I don't know. I'd say okay. productive stadiums in Uptown. That's all I can really say. Okay. I didn't. It's um. It's right by the um, the Alabama uh, Alabama Sports Hall of Fame is right there. Okay. Great history. Yeah. Of- See, I missed that when I when I was at Birmingham last time. That somebody told me that'd be a fun place to see. Yeah, I I would have gone. Um, if okay, it had- good. You missed it too. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, really cool town. Really recommend going to it. Um, you know, and uh, that stadium is, is really cool. I know they're still trying to build their traditions and build kind of some sort of culture there, but they got the foundation for it. Good. It's good to hear. Good to hear success stories such as that in Birmingham, because there was a time people didn't even want to go downtown. I'm staying away. I'll let me stay, hang out on the outskirts. So now you have people, uh, tourists. Uh, checking those out so that's those are good stories absolutely yeah um they were gonna keep walking through my sketch or do you want me on sketch all right go for it you got the wheel however you want to do it oh i love it oh man okay um so after uab um the next new stadium was texas christian and um my biggest mistake in going to TCU was staying in Dallas, not staying in Fort Worth. Yeah, big um, difference. If you go to a TCU game, stay in Fort Worth. Good. It's nothing to do with one town over another, although Fort Worth folks will, you know, I, I let me just tell you, I got a few nasty eyes for staying in Dallas, not staying in Fort Worth. Um, and I was taken care of beautifully by, um, by a group killerfrogs.com who took care of me beautifully and they were wonderful hosts and uh really made me want to come back uh but even without them i would have wanted to come back tcu um and the, and the town of fort worth really embraces um their horned frogs and the stadium is just phenomenal it's not huge but it's so like classically intimate and i love it and um you know, one of the coolest traditions at TCU, they let the fans run out on from goal line to goal line right before kickoff. And of course, I went out there like a complete idiot and I got a video of me uh, doing it. And um, it's embarrassing, but it's great. Um, and but, but TCU is um, wonderful community. Um, 
of fans and really die hard. You wouldn't think it, but I was, let me just put it this way. A lot of people ask me, what are some stadiums that are underrated that people need to know about going to this year? I will say over and over again, TCU is it um, really cool place, really great venue, really cool town. And they're a big conference now. Well, well yeah, a big conference now. That's going to be less big later. It's dissolving <laughs> going conference. They're trying, they're doing everything they can. Um, I think they're going to be fine. Um, I think the additions that they brought into the big 12 are going to be great. I mean, they plucked the best of the uh, lower group of five conferences. Um, so I think that ultimately they're going to be fine. Um, you know, uh, but TCU is <laughs> with all the jumping around in different conferences that TCU has been in. Big 12 really feels like a good home for them. And, uh, you know, it'd be hard, hard to believe if they don't have some good success stories going forward. I will also say my game there that I went to was the last one that Gary Patterson, their head coach, was there for. He just got let go um, a couple of weeks ago. He'd been there for 22 years. And uh, I just I'm sorry, TCU fans, if I was the um, <laughs> if I was the bad luck to let him, <laughs> that I let him go. My first game there was his last. Was, so was that before before he knew that it was over or because I think he's isn't he staying till the end of the year? No, he's not. Um, Jerry Kill is the uh, is taking over right now. Jerry Kill who coached Minnesota and Northern Illinois before that. Um, and he went so the following week they played at Kansas State and then let him go after that. Oh, I mean there's okay. no way, I don't I don't know if the word fired was ever thrown in there because he's so revered there. They got a statue of him outside the stadium. I saw, I saw a uh, clips of somebody, you know, rented a plane with a banner and um, flying it over. I I don't know if that was at the game that you were at, but uh, you know, just thanks. Yeah. Thanks coach. And uh, you know, Mrs. P or whatever for, you know, his wife, I guess. So it's bittersweet because it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, that maybe it's time for a change, but it's someone who's done so much change for you. Um, so it, it was, it, you know, difficult, but, uh, but you know, if that doesn't tell you how much a fan base rallies around and, and loves their school and loves their stadium and loves their team, pretty awesome place to go. I recommend it hundred percent. And then the big one. Yep. I just came back from, um, Good old Sanford Stadium. Number one, Georgia right now. Mm. Um, I mean, you knew this was the crown jewel of my schedule. Um, and I, I always love to have one big crown jewel that I can, I can focus on. Um, and it honestly, it met every, it checked every box that you'd want. You know, this town, Athens, Georgia, it, it runs in the same circle of towns like Madison, Wisconsin, and Boulder, Colorado, Austin, Texas. That same really cool college town feel, where the downtown is right adjacent to the campus, where and and they and they're they're married on game day, you know. Um, that's good to hear. Yeah. yeah, all the tradition. That's awesome. That's fun. Yeah, it really is. And um, I mean, Athens. It's really hard for me to think of a town that's more vibrant on a game day. I mean, it's blocks and blocks of bars and restaurants that are just, you know, saturated with red and black bulldog faithful. And it's just, it's incredible to see, um, to see the stadium spill out into this great uh, atmosphere and environment. Um, Iowa. Iowa's like that. I would definitely agree. (laughs) Iowa has that passion. Big 10 doesn't get enough credit. They just don't. I know the SEC is great and they deserve all the credit that they get, but places like Iowa and Penn State and Wisconsin and Ohio State and Nebraska and Michigan, these places are huge and they're powerful and, you know, um, you know, rival any SEC school. Um, you know, Georgia fans were a little bit upset that I was coming for a noon game, but it's not like I knew in June that it was going to be scheduled at noon. But to tell those, you know, those Georgia fans, if you can still make a noon game feel like a night game, they did it. Um, it was incredible. It was a great environment, great atmosphere. 
Um, the stadium's kind of, it's a very hilly kind of terrain there in, in Athens and they, the stadium's kind of sunken in a little bit. There's a walkway where you can kind of look down into the stadium from outside the stadium. Um, it's got triple decks on one side and seats 92,000, um, packed all the time, just intense. And I know it's packed all the time, even when they're not number one. I mean, this is, this is, this is a, you know, college football must do. Um, college football fans must do um, on their list. And I'm so glad I got there. Almost done with the SEC, guys. This this year, I'm I'm, uh, I'm going to hit, hit Mississippi State and then Auburn next year, and I've, and I've got it all checked off. Bringing your earplugs for Mississippi State. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you said I was literally just thinking about that. <laughs> I, on my drive home from work today, it was one of the things I was thinking about was what I was going to say about Mississippi State. And I do. I there, there are earplugs in the next room here in my house. <laughs> or cowbell. Or cowbell. I know. Those cowbells are a big deal. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> looking forward to that. My so, ears. So how do you feel about, about this latest round of conference realignment, uh, which is pretty much headlined by Texas and Oklahoma heading to SEC country? And then you got like Cincinnati and uh, Central Florida. And I think there's a I, th- I think there's another one that I'm missing. Houston heading to the BYU. They're joining the heading to the Big 12, and then I, essentially the way I look at this is Conference USA is going to go poof, right? They're trying to revive it. Um, well, first of all, you, you're, to answer your first question, how do I feel about it? My answer is it was inevitable mm-hmm. because you know what I mean. Like there was this huge wave, and then like a calm. My state at 130. I always look at it by how many stadiums I have to go to. You know, now it's starting to add on a little bit more, which means conference realignment opens the door for FCS schools to try to weasel their way in. And they're doing it. Um, uh, I think the Big 12 seems like they found some good footing. I think they got four teams in that are going to really, they're good brands. They're teams that um, have had some serious success. Um on the higher level um, in college football. And I think they're going to do fine. And geographically, it somewhat makes sense too. Then the Sun Belt was the next one that kind of, you know, um, sorry, sorry, the American Conference was the next one that kind of got hit because they had to, with four teams kind of leaving, three teams leaving, they had to kind of scramble and pull some teams in. Sun Belt was next. And it was a Sun Belt that started to look at the FCS. And they're bringing in James Madison. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, which is a beautiful stadium. I mean, this Great stadium, program. Yeah, yeah. This stadium already looks like it's a, it belongs in the FBS. Um, and you know, looking forward to hit that place. College Game Day was there a couple of years ago, so they have the, um, they have the muscle to to join. Um, and now, right, Conference USA looks like the conference that seemingly is um, trying to grab at whatever straws that are left. This is where some FCS schools are jumping in. Um, and so uh, I know they got UTEP, they got FIU. I'd have to look at it right now. But um, I know that they're courting Sam Houston State and Jacksonville State, a couple FCS teams to bring in. Um, they're interested in UConn, but UConn's problematic because UConn would only be for football. UConn joined. Yeah. Every other sport in a different conference, the Big East is where they're they're um, they're really relying on for their their power right now. So uh, none of I don't know how much of this is even official right now. But what I do know is that they you know they're going to need at least eight teams to have um, have some some say in in really forming a legit conference, and they're not there yet. Um, I think UMass is on the table, but no matter what is on the table right now it's not a conference right now that looks like it's going to compete for much. I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a lot of growing pains. It's going to be a lot of, you know, Sunbelt's coming out looking pretty good. They added Marshall, they added Southern Miss and James Madison. And that, you know, it's, it's expanding and pulling some brand names and already with Appalachian state and, uh, and Louisiana who's doing well right now. Um, conference. Yeah. It's looking, I was was surprised. I, I, what a, I thought it was kind of the other way around. I thought I always thought the, the Sun Belt was kind of the weak sister. 
um, pulled in a you know the leftover of the whack, right? And and if you were to tell me that, oh well, there's a pretty good chance that the Sun Belt is going to grow and take over, and Conference USA is going to disappear, I would have never believed it. I know uh, it seemed like it seemed like the Sun Belt would be the one to hit, but Conference USA is uh, is sinking right now. Yeah. So yeah, no, the Sun Belt's looking looking like they're pulling pieces together that will make their conference strong. Um, and going forward conference USA is a huge question mark and we're going to see how that goes. Now I'm hitting a conference. No, is it going to be conference? I'm hitting a now conference USA team. I got to double check that. I'm going to be hitting, uh, some of the teams I'm hitting coming up. Um, uh, I guess, I guess what I'm hitting at is I'm going to be hitting South Alabama soon which is a current Sun Belt and Southern Miss, which is a soon to be Sun Belt. That's going to be two more of my stadiums coming up as well. And looking forward to those. Um, Southern Miss is a great ad for the Sun Belt. They're a great God. What a fan base they have um, and a great stadium. And they'll, they'll be um, Sun Belt will be a good home for them. Okay. I got one more question. It's maybe a little bit more personalized than, than the others. So uh, for me, in my in my downtime, fortunately, unfortunately, I have spent a, a lot of time either um, reading books on sports or, uh, you know, driving around and listening to um, audiobooks. And I have stumbled across a, a few that have been fascinating, uh, entertaining, um, but uh, disturbing. Uh, so one that I just finished was called Champions Way. It was about Florida State. Um, learning about, you know, the backstory behind Florida State and their championship years. And then also knowing about, you know, of course, Penn State and their issues uh, and, you know, Miami and their issues. And the more I read, the more I. The more I find college football to be just a, a dirty business, and I'm not even talking about the NCAA itself, whether you agree with the way that's structured and what they do or not. Do you find it difficult at all, like balancing some of these stories uh, with, you know, the experience of going to college football and whatnot? Because I mean, me personally, I find, I find it a bit of a challenge because um, some of the stuff that I've read has just been, really disheartening, um, really uncomfortable. Are you talking mostly about like some of the things that are happening behind the scenes with players and coaches? Are you talking about, well, you got, are you talking about, yeah, you got Florida. I mean, in Florida state specifically, they had, um, and this was more than just the university of course. So they had Jameis Winston who was, um, accused of sexual assault the tallahassee police decided to do nothing about it i mean he basically walked uh he was not the only one there were a number of ones uh they had a a, the book had a a a story about um a convicted rapist who was coming up for a parole hearing who happened to play for florida state and bobby bowden ended up writing him a letter of recommendation uh, to be read before the parole board. Uh, you have a, a lot of these guys who are driving fancy sports cars. Um, yeah. Of course, you know, like the Penn State story yeah. with uh, Jerry Sandusky and what was going on behind the scenes. Um, I read a story about Reggie Bush and what was going on at, at USC. And it just, it just feels dirty. Like everything <laughs> that I've read feels dirty. Now, obviously... There's a hundred and something players on a football team. There's ton, there's 130 football teams and they're not all like that, of course, but it just is, it just feels difficult to kind of support that system when you know some of these stories that have had have been going on. I mean, that's how I feel about it at, at the moment. And I love college football, maybe not quite as much as you do, but I have, enjoyed going wherever I've gone. I've gone plenty of spots. Um, you know, I will watch on Saturday when I can. Yeah. 
Um, I guess to answer your question is that, you know, first of all, a lot of sports, of course, deal with these issues. So, you know, um, you know, college football isn't the only one. However, to your point, when you're dealing with 18 to 22 year olds, you want to make sure that there's some role modelship that gets extended. Um, you're sending these, they're still kids. You're sending them out into the world as adults. Um, and, you know, they're role models for younger kids. And so it's, it's a matter of, I think, I think that there is a higher responsibility for the NCAA and, and the universities below to ensure that, you know, that they are setting these, that these, these students on the right path. Um, so yeah, of course, I'm, I'm never, I'm never appreciative of any of those stories that I hear. Um, but, you know, I think what's so great, I don't think it at all stains the sport. I just don't. I think, honestly, I think that's kind of what's special about this sport is that there's so much deep-rooted tradition. I mean, the sport started in 1869. It's one of, it's true Americana. It's what started this, um, you know, it's, there's so much roots and history with it. I think you, you just, people rally around and they love their team and regardless of what goes on. And um, I think that in the end, it's, there's more than just the game. There's more than just what happens on the field. And, you know, like I report all about the traditions and everything that's going on, on a game day. Um, I think people find solace in that after the Penn state thing. I mean, you heard so much rally. We are Penn state. I mean, that was just a rally cry to pull together um, and, you know, to rise above it in so many ways. And just like you said, it, it's, it's, uh, it's one or two players here and there. It's more than that, of course, but you know, the spotlight gets shown on those people and, you know, Penn state's a great institution and it's hard to hear I'm using this as an example, but it's hard to hear now 10 years past that incident when people are still calling Penn state and, and, and relating it to, you know, such horrible acts that happened, you know, a long time ago, these are new players. These are new. This is a new team. This is a new environment there. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that while this stuff happened, it's, it's time to move on. And I think Penn state's done a great job at moving mm -hmm. on. Um, is the statue still down of a pop? Uh, for uh, what pop I am, I haven't been to Penn state in a while, but uh, my understanding, yes, I know there's some time they were talking about moving that statue somewhere you know, else on campus or building a different one, uh, something like that. And I think it'll come back at some point, but, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I, they, they've moved on and you get some funny stuff too. You talk about Florida state. I mean, you know, Steve Spurrier always used to call FSU free shoes university, which I, <laughs> um, you know, because of all the scandal going on, there. but um, yeah. you get some, you get some, you get some laughs out of it, but um but yeah, you know, it does not spoil the sport for me. You know, there's a great book I have here. Let's see. There we go. The opening kickoff. You got to check this book out. This is about the mm. 1890s to the 1900s. Oh, it looks fun. They were dealing with the same stuff then. About A lot of deaths and injuries, right? Deaths and injuries, player safety, dealing with money going in the wrong places. Wow. Yeah, football being canceled altogether and how this is not something that has been um it's not something that is new this is something that's been going on forever and you know, when you put put this kind of a sport on a platform this stuff is going to happen how you deal with it and how you move on from it or really how you got to look at it um it's going to happen no matter what i would just hope that in a when you're dealing with college kids that you're <laughs> setting them up for success and not using them as a as a poor role model for you know the younger ones. It's on the list. I'm, I just added it to the list. The list yeah. is massive, but <laughs> yeah, uh, the author is Dave Revson, and he is uh, he's the key anchor on the Big Ten Network. And when I was down covering the Big Ten Championship game a couple of years ago, I ran I got a chance to talk with him for a little bit about his book, and I love it. I mean, of course, I love it because it's. Most of it's about Wisconsin and Northwestern's history. So I'm like all over it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it talks about America in general and, and about the sport in general. It's brilliant, brilliantly written. Well done. 
you'd love it. Yeah, I read, uh, I, there was a book about the big scrum about how Teddy Roosevelt got together with the big four. Uh, a lot of fluff in it that had nothing to do with football, but the parts that had to do about the formation of the Ford Pass, fascinating. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. And uh, yeah, that was, that, this book, uh, it's all about before the Ford Pass. So football yeah. was a lot different, more like uh, like American rugby than yeah, American and football. They actually, to your point, they talk about um, Pat O'Day, which is, is one of the highlights in here. And he was, um, you know, so much of it was about kicking. I mean, my goodness, like the kickers were everything. I mean, traditional football um, and uh, how he kicked one of the longest kicks in history. It's still in the record books, so on and so forth. And but, they, but it's cool. They talk about stadiums and, you know, I love the history of them all. They talk about yeah. built and talk about those. Oh my gosh. It's just, it's, it's fantastic. It's one of my, probably my favorite book. Okay. Yeah. So there you're welcome, Dave Revson. I just, uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to order it on Amazon. So sold a couple books right there for him. I'm, I hope I did. Um, so, um, do you think the new rules with uh, giving players a little bit more licensing freedom is, is going to help Dave, you can ch- chime in on this too. That this was your question. Do you think that's a reform in the right direction? Is it going to help anything? Me personally, I think it'll help um, some of the guys that go to like the mid-major kind of schools. I, do I think it's going to change anything for the big guns? Not really, because I think they're getting paid anyway, to be honest. I mean, probably um, in the end, their numbers were sitting in the you know, bookstores on jerseys and they were getting... I mean, that was the whole problem, right? Like, so, you know, you sell uh, a certain player's number, it's basically selling their name. Um, and that's why this is turning around so much. Um, I, I think in the end, it's beneficial because it's going to, I mean, it's going to re- relieve a lot of issues. <laughs> Didn't Reggie Bush put out something? Yes, uh, he put out a tweet. Yeah. Something about like, you know, about time or something like that. Yeah. Can I have my Heisman back, please? <laughs> oh, that dude's so dirty. It's not funny. Oh, yeah. I know, but I just, I, but it was, it was, it, I mean, the timing, you got to admit, the timing was great on that one. <laughs> oh, so, uh, Andrew, you talked about where you've been uh, so far in 2021. Is there anything else left this year or anything already on the docket for next year? So this year, um, got a going to go to Wrigley Field for the Northwestern Purdue game in a couple of weeks. So they're transforming that stadium into a football stadium again. I was there 11 years ago for a ball game there, um, and uh, that, that was a famous game where they had to play all in one direction. Do you remember that? Because yes, I remember that. Was a, the the end zone was a foot away from the wall, and it just they realized 24 hours in advance it was too dangerous, so they played all the action in one direction. All the fans on that one end zone were holding up signs that said, "You know, refund, please, for our seats." You know, but does uh, <laughs> Billy have to come home by five? You know, for dinner because it was like schoolyard football. It was weird. Did but they was, fix the issue? Yes, I. Game? Yes, they did for this year. They fixed the issue. So it's going to be Northwestern and Purdue at Wrigley. Um, and then over Thanksgiving, um, I'm doing a triple header on Thanksgiving night. I'm doing Ole Miss at Mississippi State. I'm doing the next day. I'm doing um, South Alabama's brand new stadium. Just as of a couple of years ago, they're playing Coastal Carolina on the Friday after Thanksgiving. And then on the Saturday, I'm going to go to Hattiesburg, Mississippi and see Southern Miss play um, at their stadium against Florida International. They're a pair of uh, teams. That's, that's I'm really not ending the season with a bang on that one. A couple of teams that are that are pretty terrible right now, but, uh, but that's okay. Um, uh, I'm all about you know showcasing the. I'm really good at making sure that a stadium feels distorted. It. Yeah, right. it looks full even when it isn't. Um, and uh, then I'll be going to my annual tradition of going to the big 10 championship game. I've gone to every single one of them since its inception in 2011, I'll be going again, for Lucas oil, uh, on the uh, first weekend of December. Hopefully it's my badgers, uh, playing anybody. I don't care at this point. Any bowl games for this year? You know, I'm, I'm on the fence about it. Not so sure. Um, uh, we'll see. 
Um, but next year, I am definitely into, there's a couple absolute musts. I'm going to definitely want to get to Auburn and complete the SEC. Um, you know, I've been wanting to get up to Buffalo and Syracuse, get up there. A um, couple stadiums that uh, are tough to get to, like Texas Tech, I'd love to hit there. Um, but Auburn is is almost an absolutely for certain next year. Um, so I can complete the SEC. Looking forward to that. Excellent. And uh, geez, maybe we should have had you on in a couple and like a month later when you could have talked about uh, South Alabama and Southern Mississippi. And it's always great to follow your travels around the country. Thank you. Well, I'll definitely, you know, next time, uh, next time I'm on, even if it's uh, not till next year, I'll make sure to add that to the discussion for sure. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. All right. So we, before we let you go, how about you uh, let our listeners, our listeners, our listeners know about the website where they can follow you online, check out your travels and all that good stuff. All right. Uh, my name is Andrew Baus, collegefootballtour.com. My goal is to experience a game day at all, every FBS stadium and really give you the feel like you're there. Um, my Twitter is college underscore FB underscore tour. Everything else, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, you can just look up College Football Tour and you'll find me. That's awesome. Uh, it's a great website for those of you who have not checked it out before. There's some great content on there. Uh, one of my, I'm not a big college football guy, but I love going to your site. I live thank vicariously you. through you. Andrew. Oh, thank you. <laughs> me, and, me and my four FBS stadiums. <laughs> and I still think I have two on my list that you don't have on yours. So, what, well, wait, what were they again? What were they again? Uh, BC, Army, UConn, and UMass. So UConn, UMass, and Army. I have not gone to yet. So you have three on me. Look at and that. I had all four to list here. Army and doesn't count. I'm glad you mentioned Army because that is really, really one of my tops and I want to get there. Yeah. Did Dave ever tell you his Army story? <laughs> yes, he did about how he got denied. <laughs> I still live so close to Army. Army I was always told to go there. I never did. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you they, they tout it as the greatest college game day experience in the country. I mean, I don't have anything to compare it to, but yeah. Well, what are you I, talking about the college game day experience was go away, go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, that's because you're a lousy foreigner. Build the <laughs> wall. Um, no, Army is when people do ask me what's the place you need to go to, you're so excited to go to. Army is really truly tops in that list. So I'm really glad that was brought up because I, I, I am just absolutely psyched to go. Have you done Navy and Air Force? I've done Navy and Air Force. Yes, I've done both of those. So this will complete the Commander-in-Chief trophy. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's, uh, I guess that's where we'll leave off our discussion for today. Andrew, thanks for joining us once again. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure's all mine to be with y'all. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been